All right. <sighs> Gets my adrenaline pumping. Woo! Okay. Hey, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 22 tonight. Uh, and the reason that we watch that clip is because I get up here a lot uh, and tell stories from my life and the things that I enjoy. Sometimes I talk about Haley. Sometimes I talk about my dog, Kazer. Sometimes I talk about high school lane, middle school lane, whatever it is. But one of the things that I love to talk about uh, is my love of music. Okay, I grew up in Georgetown, Texas, so it's about 30 minutes north of Austin, and so I kind of grew up in live music. It was always there. Uh, when I was 15, my dad let me go to South by Southwest for the first time, which was like one of the biggest music festivals in the country. Uh, and I'm, I'm in downtown Austin, like sleeping on the sidewalk at 6 a.m., trying to wait to get into a free show later that afternoon. Um, and Emory is one of my favorite bands of all time. I love them. And that is who that is. That's the kind of music that I enjoy. Those are the shows that I go to. I do not take my wife for obvious reasons. Um, and everyone there is weird. Like everyone. I, every time I go, I'm like, why do I listen to this music? These people are terrible. The music is so good. Uh, and that video in particular is from 2009, which I'm always like, that's not that long ago. That was eight years ago. Um, that I, so I've been listening to that band for like 13 years, and that's why they're hardcore, rocking like the dad sweaters with like the emover at the same time. And uh, but I love that band. I love that band. Top three, all-time favorites, all-time favorites. And as we're talking about our new series, All Access, right? One of the best things that almost happened to my life uh, was this band Emery made this album called The Question. Uh, about 14, 15 years ago. And so a lot of like screamo hardcore bands from the early 2000s, a lot of their albums are hitting that like 10-year anniversary mark and moving forward. And so when I was a sophomore in college, that band's, that album of that band hit the 10-year anniversary mark. And a couple of my buddies, uh, we keep up with them, we follow them. And so they announced, hey, we're going to go on a tour, and we're going to play that entire album from front to back. Which if you've ever been to like a concert or followed a band, like most bands do not play a full show of a full album front to back. And so we were like, oh my gosh, we're going. It's one of our favorite albums from our favorite bands of all time. Like we're stoked. We buy the tickets super far in advance. Well, also, since we kind of live and operate in this music scene that uh, not a lot of people enjoy, we don't have to pay like $200 a ticket to go see some, the next pop artist play three songs and lip sync for the rest of the time. Like, like, like we get to go and, and tickets are like 30 bucks. I'm like, I'll buy tickets for the whole family for 30 bucks. It'd be great. Well, since it was their 10-year anniversary album, they said, hey, not only that, uh, we're going to offer for, for like 50, 60 bucks uh, VIP tickets. You can come backstage. You can hang out with us before the show, a little meet and greet time. We'll sign autographs. Like, it'll be very chill. And I'm just like, yes. Like, I'm, I'm like every girl that's ever wanted to meet Justin Bieber, just looking online like, yes, they're coming. Woo! I was so excited. I like text my friend. I'm like, hey, we're going all out. We're buying like the big budget tickets. I'm not taking Haley out this week because we got to buy these tickets, bro. Like, we're so excited. We're so, so, so excited because we're going to have the, the, this full access. We're going to have all access passes to this band to see them, to talk with them. At the time, they had just come out. Hey, I lost connections. So you're just going to have to run through for them. Hit that next slide for me. Uh, they had just kind of uh, come out with this blog that they were writing. And that, in college, I did a lot of blogging and writing. Uh, and they were actually, like, looking for writers. 
and I was like, oh, like, let's, let's just see what happens. And so I sent them a, a little bit of my work. <laughs> my work. It's a blog. It's kind of just my ramblings. And I sent, th- sent it to them, and they, moved, they were like, oh, hey, we like your stuff. We're going to move you into the second round. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get to write for my favorite band. I might be able to, like, be friends with these dudes. Like, like and I'm the kind of guy that I, when I love bands, I mean, I, I follow them on all social media platforms, and I follow every band member, too. Like, I've got bands that, that I just tweet back and forth with, like, the keyboardist, because he's got time to tweet back. Uh, and we'll, we'll go back and forth. And so at the time, I'm kind of in this process of maybe writing for these guys. Now I've got these backstage passes. I'm like, this is going to be the greatest hangout of my life. Like, this will be better than my future wedding day. This is the moment I've been waiting for. So we get excited. Well, the show is in the winter. And in College Station, like, winter's not a big deal. It's it's hot just all the time. Like, you just sweat walking to class in January. You're like, did Christmas even happen? It's just, like, I carry, like, three sticks of deodorant in my bag just for prep, okay? And we get to the winter, and the apocalypse happens. And, like, all of Texas freezes over in one day. And it's the day of the show, and I've got to go to Dallas to see him play. And I'm in College Station, and I'm like, no. This is, again, you could have frozen over my wedding day, God. Like, like, come on. Come on. And so I'm like all day. I'm like, maybe it'll start to melt. Maybe it'll start to melt. Maybe it'll start to melt. I get get like in the early afternoon, like like maybe it'll start to melt. Like Haley and I are are dating at this time, and she's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's got to melt. And she's like, hey, hey, babe, like, I don't think. ah, It's 3 o'clock. Our doors don't open until 7. I could drive really fast. She's like, I don't. I just, I just don't, and I'm like, I know it's not, it's not going to melt. And so I didn't get to go backstage and meet my favorite band of all time. I've seen them play three times, but it's not the same. Because when we love something, we want as much access to that thing as possible. Right, like, like you probably don't care about hardcore music like I do because you're normal and your parents loved you or something like that, I don't know. Uh, but... But you probably have something that you care about. Movies, television, books, authors, rappers, even though you live in Graham, Texas, and it's time to realize, like, you are in the middle-class white majority, and uh, you're just like, oh, I love love all these people. And you're just a huge, huge fan, and you probably follow them on Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is or Snapchat because you want to know as much about their life as possible. Teenage girls are, are definitely this way, right? Like, you know when your favorite famous person is like, they're pregnant. Oh my gosh. And you're like, why do you care? Like, they're not going to name the kid after you. You're like, I know, but it's so adorable. So and so is dating this person. And you're like, why do you care? But I understand because I care about my favorite things. It's just nobody else does. Um, but you want as much access to it. You want as much access as possible. You want to know everything about it. You, you just have to know. Maybe you do love music. Maybe, maybe your dream is to one day be able to see a band or an artist and to be able to go backstage and meet them. For your music, maybe you're going to have to pay like $500 in your firstborn to do that. I don't know, but maybe that's, maybe that's what you just love and you just have to know as much about it as possible. And so what we're talking about in this series is that, man, when we become believers, when we become followers of Jesus, there's this thing that happens, there's this expectation that happens that, and maybe not immediately or in its different moments through life, but, man, we just have to know about God. We want full access to God because if we're believers, then we realize that, like, God holds the power. God holds all things, and so we want that full access to him. The number one conversation that I have with teenagers every year, 180 camp, whatever it is, is, 
I don't know where God is right now, or I do not feel close to God. And what you're saying is, I expect an access that I do not believe that I have right now. Okay, you say, I, I expect this access that I do not believe I have right now. And, and so, you can go ahead and hit that next slide. Some of this comes, right, because we, we spend time and we read through Scripture, and we're reading these stories about, like, literal legends, literal legends. We read about Noah, and we're like, that brother just got God just talking to him in his dreams and woke up and built a boat. Like, if you went home tonight and God was like, hey, I'm taking out Graham, start building, you'd be like, I'm 12, I can only do a canoe, but I'm going to make it happen, God. Like, like, you would just be like, yeah, man, look. You, you can imagine how Moses felt when he approaches a bush in the desert on fire and is like, hey, Moses. Right? Like, I can only imagine if you've been to my house, there's two giant bushes on the sides of the stairs before you walk to the front door. If I'm going home tonight and I take a step up the stairs and all of a sudden it's just like, two things would happen. One, dope move. Right? Two, you're going to have to put this out later because I can't have my house burning down. Thank you, God. Okay? Like, you would, you would be paying attention. Like, you're like, man, if only God would speak to me in that way, if he would just grab a hold of me and if only I had that kind of faith. We read about the disciples and we're like, can you imagine how cool it would have been to have been in that boat and the, it's rocking and the, the seas are going crazy and Jesus is just like, hey, ocean, shh, keep it down. And the disciples are like, okay, that was cool, right? Like, like, I can only imagine the access that those people seem to have had to God and Jesus. Why, why don't I have that access? Right, and not only did dudes do great things in the Bibles, there's plenty of women throughout too. We just celebrated Easter. You got Mary Magdalene. She's the first one to the tomb. She's the first one to see the empty tomb. She's the one responsible for having to go back to the disciples and tell them, he is risen. Man, that's access to God. That we say, man, why isn't it like that anymore? Why don't I have that anymore? Why isn't that true anymore? Why isn't God just waking me up in the middle of the night and being like, build a boat? Like, why? And so we feel kind of this, this tension in our lives, and the truth is, you can hit the next slide, is we feel incredibly distant from God for the most part. Right? We have our moments, right? We go to camp. We go to camp, and we're, I mean, like, we don't raise our hands, like, all year, and then we go to camp, and we're like, Jesus, <laughs> surrender it all, surrender it all. Until I go home, I'm going to want that back. <laughs> we, we feel incredibly distant. We say, man, where's God right now? Or, oh, I have another, another bad week. You're dragging your hands on the ground everywhere you walk. So I just don't understand where he is in this moment, where he is in this situation, where he is in this bad time. And some of that, right, because we read these stories and we go, well, it's supposed to look like this. Or maybe we're around people that we just see and we compare ourselves and we go, man, that person, like, they're like interlocking fingers with the Lord they're walking so close. Like, like they're skipping down a Candyland board. Their life is so good. Right, before I came and worked here, I worked for a summer at First Baptist McKinney. And I worked for this guy named Grant Bird. Now, Grant Bird is as close to an Old Testament legend that you're going to get because he's in his 50s doing youth ministry. Like, there ain't a lot of those dudes around, okay? He's got a, a crazy gray goatee that, like, comes down to here. Like, he looks like father youth ministry. Uh, he goes to conferences, and everybody's like, there's Grant because he's the only one that, like, needs a cane to get around. And, but he's legend. 
I mean, he's, he's got a youth ministry of over 600 kids that just come every week. And I'm like, why do y'all keep coming to hang out with an old dude? Oh, are killing me. Oh, he's just good. And he's not just good at his job. It's not just how big his youth ministry is. Man, it didn't take long in the summer to be talking with this guy that I was like, you? I, I think you know a God that I don't know. Like he would talk about his time with the Lord and his quiet times as if they were just like sitting cross-legged on a swing. Like, how was your day? Heaven doing pretty good, huh? Like, like it was like every single moment he spent with the Lord was Instagrammable. Like every sunrise started and he was just like, mm, yeah. I'm like, you are in a closeness that I do not understand. And, and it made me feel distant. Because I was like, I am doing something inherently wrong, right? Like, he was like, he's like, hey, Jesus says good morning this morning. I'm like, you talk to him on the phone? Like, I'm like, what? And he's like, well, no, but I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't understand. You have a closeness with God that I do not get. Same summer, I meet a woman, loses her phone in the church, and we're walking and we're looking for a phone, and she's just, everybody else is looking. She's just pacing up and down a ramp with her eyes closed. And she's like in her 80s. That's very dangerous, okay? And, and I woke up and I say, hey, okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just praying the Lord's going to reveal my phone. I'm like, maybe the Lord wants you to open your eyes in. Look, woman, lo and behold, she leaves the ramp. takes her about 20 seconds to find her cell phone. I'm like, you know a God that I don't know. Like, you are dialed in. Because when I pray and I lose something, God's like, you idiot. <laughs> I mean, we feel... We feel distant. Like, if we're honest, there's so much of our life when we're just walking through school, when we're walking through our relationships, when we're walking into our home, we're not just, like, channeled in with the Lord. We're not just walking in everyday life like, mm-hmm, yep, that's good truth, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thanks for bringing me that. Oh, that guy over there, praying for him. I'm going to serve him later. Her, she's having a rough day. Take care of that, God. Like, we, we don't just walk like that. And we feel distant. We feel like we, we do not have access at all. And so we say, man, what it, what is it that I need to do? And that's kind of what we can talk ourselves into, and we're just like, well, just read your Bible more, uh, just, just pray more, and, and just go to church more, and then God will, will just show up. And those are all good things, and God shows up in those things, yes. But, but, but there's something, there's a, there's a deeper, deeper truth that we're going to start with tonight as we move into the next three weeks that's really going to set us up to understand the next couple weeks better, but there's this deeper truth that we find in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, tells us this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that, it, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure Water. Here's what I want you guys to see, and we're going to talk a couple things through this. In the book of Hebrews, uh, and this passage specifically, man, we're, we're talking to some, some Jewish people, okay, because there's some background here that we need to know, right? We say this most holy of place, this curtain, this, oh, the, the sacrifice, all these things, and we're like, well, I don't understand why there's a curtain. I have curtains over my windows. I don't understand why there's a curtain here. Uh, and what he's speaking to is in Jewish history, in the nation of Israel, they had a priest. 
And the priest would go into this place once a year into the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was surrounded by a curtain. And he was the only one allowed in. And it was the, it was the residency of God. This was the presence of God. This is where you met God. Only the priest was allowed in. He had to be like super clean, like wash your hands twice, kind of clean. Like incredible things just to get into the room. Or else you were in trouble. And he would get into the Holy of Holies, and what would happen in there is he would sacrifice a lamb, and he would make a sacrifice for the atonement and the forgiveness of sins for the people of Israel. And that was where the, where the forgiveness of sins would take place. And so when he's talking about this moment, and he says, you've entered into the most holy place, he's drawing a picture of this Holy of Holies. He says, he's drawing a picture of the curtain around it. He, he's, he's, set, he's giving an illustration that they understand. Much as I would sit here and tell you stories about, about things that you understand, he's kind of setting up biblical truth with an illustration that they understand. What we see is this, is this next slide, is access is given by salvation. Salvation in Jesus gives us access to God. And some of us who've been going to church for a while, you're like, well, why did I come for that? I get it. I'm saved. Check. Move on to the next one. Uh, but but it's, a, it's a truth that you need to know. Because the people that often ask me the questions about where is God, why do I feel so distant, are those that are already believers that have given their life to Jesus. And so the first thing that we want to see tonight is there is no full access to God without Jesus. There is no full access to God without giving your life to Jesus. I'm not talking about kind of knowing about Jesus. I'm not talking about, well, I go to church, so I'm a good person. I'm not talking about, well, my parents are Christians, or kind of, maybe, or I can spell Christian, and so I think that it's right. No, I'm talking about giving your life to Jesus, surrendering your sin, inviting Jesus in to forgive that sin. And he's good to do it. We see that in Hebrews, in Hebrews that the access to God is through Jesus. It is his body that is the curtain that opens up into the holy place. And catch this, it's not the priest that's only allowed in there more. It is all of the people of God. So you, if you are a believer, if you are saved, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are in the presence of God. You are in the holies, holy of holies at all times. When I preach, Right? I take time before worship and I come in here and I prepare myself. Why? Because I'm about to preach in the presence of God. You talk about pressure. The presence of God is watching you deliver his message. It's not exactly fun every week. But salvation, giving our lives to Jesus, gives us access to God. See, we believe, and we think about it this way. We say this, we say, oh man, it's the forgiveness of sins, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, he's forgiven me. We talk about all Easter weekend. Oh, he's forgiven me. He's good to forgive me. He's good to forgive me. Catch this. Salvation is bigger than the forgiveness of sins. It is also God calling us back to himself. It is God saying, you now have access to me and everything that comes with that, which we're going to talk about in the next two weeks. It's not just that your sins are forgiven. It's that you are mine. You are in my presence at all times. I am near. It says in Hebrews, those have given their lives to Jesus through Jesus, through the blood of the Lamb. His body is the curtain. Through faith in Jesus, we have entered the Holy of Holies. Now we kind of get ourselves in the rut, right? Because we go, but I am saved. I walked the aisle. I prayed the prayer. I went to VBS. I went to 180. I was on my Jesus high. Everything was good. Everything was moving. And yet still I feel so distant. 
slide's not up there, but, but the continuation of this is salvation gives us access to God. Godly living lets us enjoy his presence. When we look at the, the, the second half of this part in Hebrews, in verse 22, it says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of a and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Here's the truth. Some of us feel so distant from God because you've sold yourself the lie that says, I can be in church and do the church things and listen to sermons. I can be moved to tears. I can worship and sing songs like, Jesus, we love you, but I'm not going to let go of any of this sin over here. That is not drawing near to God. That is tearing your spirit in half. That is not letting the Jesus who loves you to save you. That is putting him on hold for special moments. He is not a cheap toy. He is not layaway. It says if you feel distant from God, God is near. Draw near to him. And drawing near to him means abandoning sin and leaving it by the wayside. A couple chapters from here in Hebrews 12.1, it says throw off everything that hinders you, including the sin that entangles you. It paints a picture of running a race and saying there's something slowing you down. There's something keeping you from the prize. That is God. Throw it away. But we convince ourselves, well, I can drink and party over here, and I can smoke weed over here because it's just recreational. We're just hanging out. We're just fun. I'm a teenager. That's what I'm supposed to do. I can sleep with my girlfriend over here. I can sleep with my boyfriend over here. I can have all these relationships. I can gossip about this girl over here. I can disrespect my parents over here. I can be a jerk over here. I can get in fights over here, and I can do all these things because I go to church on Wednesday. You're a fool. And when you sit there and you wonder, why is God so distant? He is not. You are. You want access to God? Throw some sin aside. Draw near. That you would be washed, that your body would be washed, that your hearts would be sprinkled. Not with literal water. God's not coming down like we'll rinse some of that sin out. But with grace. Because yes, there is forgiveness, and that is great, but after that forgiveness, it brings us right back into the presence of God. It gives us access to God. And it's not about what we do. We're not like, yeah, I threw off all that sin. Pfft, look at me. Like, that sin doesn't get forgiven without Jesus. Don't be dumb. Because some of us are that, that person, too. I say, me and God are walking so great because I do everything right, and I make good life decisions, and I do all these things. And if all these other people would just look at my life and understand, you're a Pharisee. The Bible doesn't speak great of them. I mean, this is by grace. This is through Jesus. He says, I'm letting you into the holies of holies, the, the cherished place, the place where only the priest could go. And I'm letting you in through the blood of Christ. So, so the very easy transition. I love nights like this. We, we don't have to sit here and be like, well, what do I do this week? The, the first thing is this. If you don't know that Jesus, if you've not given your life to that Jesus, if you have not repented of sin and asked Jesus to forgive you, if you have not done that, you do not have access to God because you are not in the family of God. And if you have that desire, you need to follow through on that desire with a, a, a grab a friend, grab an adult tonight, and ask them to lead you to Christ, they will, and you will enter into the presence of God. For those of you that are, that are walking with Jesus, that are already believers, that are saved, you need to take a good hard look at your life, 
and not start to nitpick and feel bad about yourself and be like, oh, I'm so bad, but look at yourself and say, hey, maybe there's some sin that I need to leave aside. Be honest with yourself and say, hey, there's some parts of my life that cannot belong there if I am in the presence of God because it does not belong in his presence. You need to look at your relationship and say, man, my relationship does not belong in the presence of God because it is filled with terrible things and sin. You need to look at your friendships. I'm not saying to start like, I need to cut all these friends out, but maybe be the peacemaker in your friendships, maybe make some change and start to follow Jesus. You need to make some decisions at home with your parents. You need to make some decisions of what you do on the weekend. You go, oh, but it's so much fun. Okay, but you are in the presence of God. Salvation gives us access, but man, godly living lets us enjoy it. It gives us joy in it. We draw near to him. Can you go ahead and throw the next slide up? So the question you need to ask yourself tonight is, is, do you have that access? Have you given your life to Jesus? If not, you can stay, stay with a friend, wait till afterwards, talk to an adult, whatever. I mean, do that tonight. For a good majority of you, you need to ask yourself, man, are you living in that access? Are you enjoying that? Are you just waiting till camp every year when we physically remove you from all of the sin and things in your life and set you in a chair and you get to listen to some messages by speakers who make me look like a JV backup and, and a band that makes our band look like they just learned instruments and, and, and then finally, and then finally God is moving or does God move the way that he says in the book of Hebrews that he is already there, that he is already present, you need only draw near. Are you living in that access? I'll leave you with one thing. Ben, you can go ahead and come up. Again, a lot of times I talk about uh, high school lane, middle school lane. We're going to go way, 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 way back to six-year-old lane. And we're going to go all the way back to six-year-old lane because it was six-year-old lane at VBS at our tiny little Baptist church that we were renting the building of a funeral home. Like, I went to church in a funeral home every Sunday. And we had a little bit of VBS and in the back of, of a building without AC that my mom led me to Christ. That at six years old, I said, man, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus to save me. Now, I did not understand the weight of what that would mean for the rest of my life. I did not understand the ups and downs, the, the sin that would still be there for much of my life, the sin that I would have to crawl just tooth and nail out of, but that God would be good to forgive. I did not understand the graciousness of a God who would give me a good wife, a good family, a good home in Graham, Texas. I did not understand those things yet, but what I understood was I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I will make that decision now. And it is in that moment that I entered the presence of God. And though I have wandered and strayed, like we sing very frequently, he has always been near. He has never left. Though I had repeatedly and still do. But he is good to forgive. He is good to call me back home. He is good to call me back into his presence. I will continue to draw near. Tonight, if you've never entered the presence of God, it's not going to be some, some mystical thing, but if you want to give your life to Jesus, stay back with a friend, talk to an adult, whatever. Uh, but for the rest of us, man, just worship because you are in the presence of God. Can you imagine if one day you're sitting in eternity and you're like, hey, Jesus, we love you. 
No. It is no different now. You are in the presence of God. We should worship as such. Hey, I love you guys. You'll stand and sing.